of Everything Imaginable. I am your host, Gary Cacciolillo. Before we get started, I want to thank everybody for listening and also thank the contributors to my show, who are executive producers Candace Sanderson, author of The Reluctant Messenger, and Ms. Aida, psychic and author of Who Do Justice Magic, binaural production engineer Damien Keller, author of Sounds Good, Sounds Great, and monthly co-host Jared Murphy, author of It's Not Aliens, It's Worse. It's us, and monthly co-host Kat Baldwin, author of The Forgiveness Workshop. If you are interested in contributing to this show, go to my website, everythingimaginable2020.com, and you'll find everything you need there. And now, without further ado, our guest for today is Susan Plunkett. She has been on before, and she has the, I believe it's the third installment of her trilogy, just came out, called Mission from Venus. Thank you for coming on. Hi, Gary. Nice to see you again. You as well. So, um, I don't know how many of my listeners have listened to the first episode. So, you want to give us a quick overview of the trilogy and what it's about? Thank you. Yes. The Mission from Venus trilogy is about wanderers from the fifth dimension volunteering to come to Earth to help humans awaken to a deeper reality of how much power we have, who we actually are, and the most powerful force in any universe, which is love. And in the first book, they're training on Venus, and they've come from many galaxies to train. And part of their training is to prepare them to incarnate in a human body, which none of these fifth dimensional beings have ever done before. They've been mostly in light bodies, in energetic bodies, because in most other worlds, um, consciousness doesn't take form. We're, We're a particular planet where we get to be embodied in form which is a unique and amazing experience because most forms of consciousness don't get to do that. They're more spiraling energy without a physical form. So these wanderers come in their light bodies and train and prepare to incarnate as human babies. And the first book is all about their training on Venus. Um, and they do visit Earth once or twice while they're training. The second book, called The Wanderers on Earth, which I just happen to have on my desk, is starts when they're born, and actually they're born at the end of the first book. The second book starts when they're incarnate as 21-year-olds, and they're starting to wake up. Because anybody who comes to Earth to live, you, me, everyone listening, We pass through the veil of forgetting. So we don't remember where we came from. We don't know where did we come from? Why are we here? Where are we going? We don't know unless we figure it out in meditation, really, or in our dreams. So they, like everyone, have to abide by the rules around Earth. Forget the past so they don't know that they're higher dimensional beings from another planet. They have to wake up just like we have to wake up and understand that we are eternal beings of light. And this is one tiny sliver of who we are. You, Gary, are one sliver of your greater being. And me, Susan, and everyone listening, just a sliver of us. We are multidimensional beings living simultaneously in many realities, in many dimensions. And we we aren't generally aware of that. Our dreams enable us to sometimes visit our other simultaneous selves in our, say we're a huge crystal with many facets, 
And each facet is one of our lives, which is happening simultaneously because physicists tell us there's no time. When you dream, you get in, you get in touch with some of your other facets, some of your other selves, because dream is a vessel into which a much deeper reality is poured. So we can know much more about ourselves through our dreams. Anyway, back to the story. These higher dimensional beings are 21 when wanderers on earth start, and they're starting to realize I'm different. I'm different from other people, but who am I? And they start to discover some of their powers. And then they start to meet others who incarnated at the same time as them. And the book, Wanderers on Earth, follows eight people, eight of these higher dimensional beings. There are millions, but it follows eight. And they're twin flames. And they meet their twin flame. And then their powers become even more. By twin flame, I mean when you fly out from source, most of us just fly out as the spark of light a spark of divinity, which lives forever in our heart chakra. We have, we have a piece of God, a piece of divinity, a piece of light in our, in us. And it's usually just one spark in each being, but sometimes a spark splits and goes on the journey through lifetimes and dimensions and galaxies. Um, as two halves of one spark. And when those two halves of one spark meet again in whatever form, life form the person is embodying, <clears throat> it's a, a major upgrade in power and consciousness. So these beings in the book are reconnecting with their twin flames and waking up to the fact, oh, we're on earth. We came on a mission. We have a mission. Our mission is to teach humans that they are much more than they think they are, that they are so powerful, that they are so full of light, that they, they have powers that they have no idea of, and they're all opened through love, through the heart chakra, and through the higher chakras, through meditation, through consciousness, through giving and forgiving. So the wanderers, once they wake up at 21, start to deliver this message through a game that they invent called Fifth Dimension, a virtual reality game. And they contact lots of people through the virtual reality game. And they also go around the world um, to hotspots, helping, helping, bringing aid, bringing consciousness. So that's their story in The Wanderers. Book three, Battle for Earth, is the final battle for Earth. Will humans wake up and move into the fourth dimension on the path of light, which is freedom, love for all beings as one, uh, a democratic way of living, or will they ascend on the path of darkness, which is oppression, uh, shutting down of free speech, shutting down of love for one another, jealousy, hatred, competition. So these are the two paths, the path of light, which is, Freedom and the Path of Dark, which is oppression. And that's the battle that plays out in the third book, which I am currently finishing right now, currently writing. Wow. So <clears throat> now that I know this story is fiction, but it certainly sounds like it's based on a lot of nonfiction type of content that I cover quite often on this podcast. Um, so what inspired this? Like, like, like were you in, have been inspired by like everything that's kind of goes on in the new age movement with the idea of extension and increasing vibration. And, um, you know, like some people will believe that we're, we're kind of reaching like this critical point where if we don't change that, um, you know, things will just get wiped out again. Like they have previously, um, yeah, that's a pretty big question. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I have an answer for you. Thank you for that question. Um, like most people, the catalyst was pain. The catalyst for me was pain. Um, I, I experienced like five major losses in a very short period of time. Deaths, um, betrayals, 
physical challenges. And I sought help. This was back in 2011. I sought help from shamans, intuitives, healers, uh, plant medicine, everything. And again and again, I received the message that you have, I'm a psychologist by trade and by practice, but I kept getting the message, yeah, you can be a psychologist, but you incarnated with a chrysalis implanted in your etheric body with information that you are supposed to deliver to humans and you have not been you have not opened the chrysalis you have not scribed down what's in the chrysalis that you are supposed to share and i was like i'm supposed to be a writer i don't know how to write um and again and again from shamans intuitives from australia new zealand minnesota everywhere the message right there's it will you don't have to worry about it you're you're fed a lot of information in your dreams so right in the morning your dreams are going to help open this chrysalis which is in your light body and you just write and you've done this in other lifetimes you're doing it in other dimensions and other lifetimes just write so after resisting i finally did start to write and it was a direction you know <coughs> I realized the information did just come. They further said, write it in story form because it reaches people like stories. They like myth. They like archetype. They understand archetype of warrior, hero, king, victim, you know, mother. They understand these archetypes. So lover. So write in story form. So that's what I did. And and then, I don't know, somehow John Hunt Publishing uh, published it. Mm. I didn't have to do the normal thing of begging and pleading around everywhere. Um, not a lot of people have read it yet. I don't know, maybe a few thousand. But hopefully more will because I think it opens up. Because some people have said to me, I know this is true. I believe these things. Particularly the first book, Mission from Venus, which is also the name of the trilogy, teaches a lot of truths about what's going on on the planet and the history of the planet. <clears throat> and then book two is like a lot of story about what they get up to on earth, these beings. And I do believe there are millions of wanderers from higher dimensions, like Nikola Tesla. He wanted to give the whole world electricity free. You know, he had, and I think a lot of inventions People dream them or they get delivered and then they wake up and they do it or they're walking through the park and they get an idea. I think that's a download. I think a lot of people come in with a chrysalis of something they're supposed to give to humanity, something they're supposed to do. I mean, I don't know who's who, how you came to be a podcaster sharing all this information that you share hmm. something. Your chrysalis must be like, you're supposed to share this information. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the podcast was pretty random. You know, I had gotten, I've always done creative stuff. You know, writing, I wrote a book, I played music. You know, I've always been active. And then during COVID, I, I didn't feel like writing another book. There's no place to play music. So I was just looking for a creative outlet. So I was like, screw it, I'll just start a podcast. Like it just sort of popped into my head while I was taking a shower. Exactly. And I started it and Right now, I mean, it's the most successful thing I've done. It popped into your head when you were taking a shower. That's a download. Your guides popped it into your head. And we can feel it, I think, when we're getting direction from our God. We all have guides. You, me, everybody listening has guides. And they pop things into our consciousness. And we listen or we don't listen. They pop things in through our dreams. They pop things while we're taking a shower, walking in the park, you know, cooking. They just pop it in and we listen or not. And you listen. Yeah. Or they just happen because they're supposed to happen, you know, like, 
like me talking to you now, like, like you know, I mean, I'll, I'll just put it out there. Like, you know, like we were talking before the show, you asked me how I was doing. And I told you, you know, what was happening with me. And it was happening with me, too. It's like, like, you, like what you shared in your interviews. Like, you know, I, I, I lost my parents, you know, over the last seven years. I lost a marriage. I lost a home. I, you know, pretty much everything that, that I, I've known and, and relied on is gone, you know. And and I went into survival mode, and then something set shit off with me. And now I'm going through this weird dark night of the soul type of crap. And you know, and here I am now talking with you, sort of about that same type of thing. Yeah, you know, you're gonna get reborn on you the know? other side of it. And, and the whole thing, like, <laughs> like I'm realizing too, it's it's just about this idea of love. You know, it's it's like there's really like. Now I'm thinking, like, there's really just no excuse for people to have to feel lonely and unloved. But yet, why do we do that to each other? I, I don't understand it, you know? Because we, we forget that we're all connected. We are, there's a law called the law of one, which is a most beautiful law. Um, <clears throat> and it's, there are a group of beings called Ra, a multidimensional consciousness, and Ra was channeled in the 80s by Carla Ruckert, who's now transitioned. But Ra was all about the law of one. And a lot of my writing is, is very similar to the law of one. The law of one is that we are one being. We are all dipping into the same higher consciousness of source. And we are all meant to love one another. Like, what you do for another is also done for you, just like what you do for yourself is done for the other, because there isn't really another. We are all connected, but we forget that in the dark force of separation and ego and I'm alone and I'm not connected to anybody. We get scared and we forget that the most powerful force in any universe is love and that we are all one being. We are all connected, but we forget that. We get scared. You know, the opposite of love is fear. So when we get into fear, and we all get into it sometimes, you know, we fear we're being misused. We fear we're being abused, cheated on, lied to, um, not cared about. It's We fall into that vibration of fear, and that's so painful. And we have to sort of like say, this is just a vibration. This isn't reality. Ultimate reality is love. And if we can trip back into that reality, then we get free of the shackles of the fear. And we remember the law of one, that we're all connected. Yeah. Why do you think it is that, that you know, some <clears throat> of us sort of, recognize that like even though like like like, like you know like i know obviously have not mastered any of this but but there's a part of me that knows now some of it's from from experiences some of it's from out-of-body experience that i've had um and, and other people are completely oblivious and and it's like even if you tell them it's like they don't want to know right some people are very focused on three-dimensional reality <clears throat> and they think that the this is all there is, is what they see and touch and, you know, that it's solid. Even though physicists tell us nothing is solid and it's always blinking in and out of reality. Like, we just ignore the blinks. But it isn't constant and it isn't solid. If you believe that, you know, this computer is solid and these walls are solid and you just focus on that, you never see the blink of the other reality that it, everything is basically space and we're creating it with our minds. If you understand that everything is a creation of mind and of universal mind that we borrow from and download, then you get less attached. But if you don't have that consciousness, you hold on very tightly to three-dimensional reality. My house, my car, my things. <clears throat> my, my, my. And you feel, you think you're safe. Um, but gradually, everyone 
we'll wake up and we have various experiences which cause us to wake up. I mean, the birth of a baby, the death of a parent, the breakup of a marriage, the loss of a job, uh, the loss of a home, the loss of a community. These things are catalysts which further our growth and we all have them. And if your guides, which we all have, don't think you're growing fast enough, they're going to like hurl a few more catalysts. So people who are just believing in no, no higher consciousness, no, you know, not in the idea that we're all connected, but just in their life and their house and their car and their children, <clears throat> they're going to get some catalysts along the way to help them wake up. Because ultimately, if not in this lifetime, in another lifetime, everybody wakes up because we're all on the same journey, which is the journey of love, the journey back to source. Now, if Earth, which I believe it will, moves into the fourth dimension as it's moving on the path of light, then you will have to have a fourth dimensional consciousness if you want to come back here again in one of your lives. If you don't, <clears throat> if you want to stay with your third dimensional consciousness of separation and oppression, <clears throat> then you'll go to another planet, which is still third dimensional. But Earth is moving toward a golden age, the seventh golden age on Earth. In 200 years, this will be a paradise. Love will be predominant. The fear people who are still stuck in you know, aggression, oppression, and fear, they will be on another planet taking another 100,000 years to work it out. And they will eventually wake up, too. <clears throat> you know, some people choose the path of light. Some people choose the path of dark. The path of light is love for all beings as one. The path of dark is power. Let me take power over you. Let me take power over everything. The more power I have, that's how I advance. <clears throat> Genghis Khan, Adolf Hitler, mm -hmm. they were advancing through power and oppression. Putin, uh, advancing through power and oppression. Zelensky, advancing through love, through love and fearlessness. It's a choice. It's being played out on the world stage right now. Love versus hate, freedom versus aggression, freedom versus oppression. And that's played out in each of us, and now it's played out globally on Earth. And countries are lining up. Are they aligned with? Well, it's not countries. It's dictators, I guess, dictators and leaders. But it's, it's another catalyst for everybody to choose love over fear, to choose love over fear. But everybody eventually wakes up, because after the sixth dimension, there's no way forward back to source but the path of light, but up to the high sixth dimension, you can be on the path of darkness, getting power over people, abusing people, hurting people, lying to people. And you advance. The more you hurt people on the path of dark, the faster you advance. On the path of light, you advance through service to others, through honesty, truth, love, and service. So people choose their path. Now, if someone on the path of light gets tangled up with someone on the path of dark, it's not going to work out because their values are different. They're advancing one way and you're advancing the other way. Right. So that has to end. That has to end. And it's painful, but it has to end. They will hopefully eventually get onto the path of light, but you got to go your own way and they got to go their way because <clears throat> people choose service only to themselves or service to others. Wow. It's a big choice. What I don't like is just catalyst. Like the catalyst always involves pain. <laughs> that is true. That is true. I know it, it is true, but this is a, you know, this is a planet full of dichotomies, rich and poor, high and low, dark and light, old and young. And it's painful. The third dimension is one of the most painful dimensions because we can't, because of an earth, 
on earth because we can't see the bigger picture easily. You have to meditate. You have to, you have to open the chrysalis within you and see what information you brought. But most of us, we can't see our simultaneous lives. <clears throat> so it's hard for us to have perspective. In, in other dimensions, once we're fully in the fourth dimension, we can see everything. How long do you think people have really known this truth and have been trying to get this out? Millions of years. Millions of different civilizations on Earth have come close. The Atlanteans, the Lemurians, the Atlanteans had so many advancements using light and crystal, but they didn't have enough love. So they were destroyed because had they been allowed to progress with all of their scientific advancements on the path of dark, they would have destroyed the whole galaxy. So the decision was made to destroy Atlantis because they didn't have love. They didn't have enough love. The Lemurians had more love. <clears throat> but their civilization also sank. Some of it was preserved, and that's, you know, Mount Sh inside Mount Shasta. Mm -hmm. And I think the Lemurians will come to the surface when the consciousness is, is, you know, enough for them. What about extraterrestrials? You know, I, I do a lot of interviews um, with people who, who have contact with extraterrestrial experiences, like physical experiences or... Um, channeled experiences, um, ethereal experiences, all kinds of different things. And a lot of them say that extraterrestrials are trying to help humans um, progress to raise our vibration. That's what I think. I have not had physical contact with any ETs. My contact is through dreams or through downloads through my the chrysalis that opens for me to write. I have a vague awareness of them, but they're help my experience is they are helping. They want to help us raise our consciousness. They don't want us to go the way of Atlantis. They don't want us to to just take power and feed greed and competition and hatred the way the Atlanteans did with, with their very advanced use of crystals. So I think they're trying to help us and warn us, you know, to be loving, to be loving, because all the guides that come through are so loving. They make me want to just weep. <clears throat> Whenever I have contact with them, I just feel like my face gets wet with tears because of the love. And that includes archangels, angels, Nephilim, uh, elders sitting in council who, in the formless realm, who have never had a physical form. It's a consciousness of love. So what is the <clears throat> benefit for us to have these experiences in the third dimension versus the other forms of consciousness that do not have this particular experience. You mean, what is our, what is the benefit of having a human physical body? Yeah, like, like, like why go uh -huh. through all this pain? It does, does <laughs> In order to grow. It's, I think, at some level, our oversoul, who is kind of aware of all the lives we're simultaneously living, chose this option for our enlightenment. Because pain is a big catalyst. So our oversoul made the decision that part of us, part of our consciousness, would take the opportunity to incarnate in physical form, which is a unique and precious opportunity. One Buddhist monk said that it is so rare to have the possibility of a human life on earth that you can think of it as rare as this. If there's a circle, just about like six inches in diameter, mm -hmm. and it's floating on, you've heard this, yeah. floating on the surface of the ocean, 
and there is a frog in the, in the whole oceans covering the whole earth, what is the likelihood that that frog will come up through the surface and find that six-inch circle in the entire of all the oceans? That's how rare it is to have this precious body. This is a rental. This is like a, a rental we have here, this physical body. And we don't have it forever. At some point, these won't be our hands, our fingers, our faces, our eyes. We relinquish them when we transition and they go back to star stuff, back to the universe to be food and light for some other purpose. So temporarily for 60, 70, 80, 90 years, if we're lucky, we get to have a piece of our consciousness experiencing a reality that we're simultaneously creating with our senses and our minds. And it's a precious and unique experience, even though it's painful. It's just such a precious experience. And our oversoul helped us get this opportunity. And we grow. You're waking up. You're quite awake. I know you've had pain and you're still having it, but it has caused you to be quite enlightened. And you're still working on yourself. You're still meditating. Not everyone is. Some people are busy amassing money, which is fine. Money's good. Um, some people are busy amassing power. They're probably taking another route, maybe the power, you know, the dark side. Um, everybody's busy doing something here on this dimension. And yeah, it is painful. But obviously our oversoul thought it was worth it or we thought it was worth it. Sometimes there's so much pain that you lose your voice and you can't even speak. Yeah. You you become like a croaker like you you just so you your 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 chakra, your throat chakra just can't even speak. The pain is so bad. Yeah. But it passes and you push through it because you remember, I am not this pain. I am a soul. I am I am a spectacular soul with many facets simultaneously living many lives. And one sliver of my consciousness is in this body, Gary. One sliver of my consciousness is in this body, Susan. But there's much more of me living and experiencing and growing. And that's true for every, all of us. This is just a little bit of who we are. We are so much bigger than this. So you think this is all going to be worth it in the end? Oh, yeah. 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 Definitely. Because every day we live here, we're learning and growing. Right. And I think moving that's the, I think closer that's, to thought. Part of that, though, I, I think it kind of... And that's where I struggle. Like, take, it's like that part of it, I have to kind of take it on, on faith, you know, to believe it. And I'm not like that type of person. I'm a rational person, you know? So so there's always this question, like, is this really going to be worth all the fucking trouble or not? You know? Like, yeah. Like, like, can I just bail out of here somehow? <laughs> you can. You have free will. This is a planet of free will. And some people do bail out. Um, you know, people, you can do anything you want. And there's no punishment. There's no punishment. You can bail out if, if the pain is too much. But if you journey through it, the rewards are good. Because, you know, my in, I'm not just a writer, uh, an author. In my work as a psychologist, a clinical psychologist, I journey with people um, through dark, dark areas. And they come through it. Yeah, they suffer and they don't want to live sometimes. But if you push through the darkness, the pain, you feel more, you're more powerful. You're, you're grander. If you can push through the archetype of victim or pain, you know, the hard done by one, you push through that toward the light. You have much more strength. You're reborn anew, and you are stronger and more conscious. You don't have to. You know, some people do decide, it's enough here. I'm withdrawing from this because I'm still me. You know, my 
I don't need this body to be who I am. I am an oversoul and I can give up this particular journey, yes. Um, or I can see it through. I can see it through. And, and you have free will. Everyone on the planet has free will to choose the path of light, the path of dark, to stay, to go. Hmm. I would say my biggest fear was would be if I decided to terminate this journey, that I would have to just start from the beginning again anyway at some point. I know, I, I'm, you know, I'm not an enlightened being, so I don't know all the laws of the universe, but this is only one little part of your journey. So say that your oversoul is, is engaged in 10 experiences at this time, 10 different lifetimes around the, ga around galaxies. Um, you're only terminating this little, this, this one on earth and your other aspects are still growing. And then this consciousness that you have here in this body will go back into your oversoul. You're not really starting over. You're just missing the opportunity that you would have had if you'd stayed here. But you're, you're, you're a bigger consciousness than Gary. Gary is a sliver of who you are. Mm -hmm. Susan is a sliver of who I am. So you'd be terminating, terminating Gary. But everything that's ever been continues to be. So, you know, there would be some way in which Gary is still part of your oversoul. So what is this oversoul and where did it come from? It all came from source. You know, I, because I'm a human being with a human brain, I cannot wrap my mind around what source is. I, You know, sometimes I envision source as a gazillion points of light all connected in the most beautiful, conscious, undulating thing you can imagine. And that each of us, each of our oversouls is a spark coming from that great light, part of the body of that great light. And each of our sparks has multi-dimensions and, and we can send part of our spark into various, into various forms to have experiences so that our spark learns and the greater source experiences reality through us. So Source is experiencing pain through Gary now. Pain and betrayal and loss and starting over. Source is, you are unique. Gary is unique. Your oversoul is unique. But even the part of your oversoul that is Gary is unique. And Source is experiencing through every unique life, whether it's a crystal or a human or a dog or a tree, it's all source experiencing through that life form. And that's how we're all connected because we're all, at least this is my belief and what I have been told by my guides. Why can't we trade? Like, 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 why, like, 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 like say my, my experience right now becomes too painful. And I look over here and I see somebody else who's, you know, maybe getting bored with things going too good. Wouldn't it be cool if we could just trade? I think you can do something like that in your mind. You can say, look, I'm tired of this pain. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to just imagine that I'm living happy like that person. I mean, that's part of their spark. So you, you can't, I mean, I know that there are dark shamans who do try to take over other people's body, but it's just their body. You know, it drives the actual soul out. Um, but I think through your mind, you can, you can stop some of the pain just by saying, you know what? Part of this pain, as real and awful as it feels, is an illusion. And it is the tiniest part of me. Because I am much bigger than Gary. Yes, Gary is having pain right now and he feels hurt and betrayed and alone. But he's never alone. He's part of his oversoul and he's part of the source. And he's connected to everything that lives. Dog, tree, plant. Mm. And when you remember your connection, you feel less lonely. Oh, I like the dog. 
unconditional love. Yeah. Unconditional love. Yeah, I mean, I I know it exists. You know, like you say, like it's in a dog. Um, you know, even, even some people have it. Um, My dog just walked up and leaned on me when you said dog. <laughs> He's a great big lab. Yeah, I have a a giant uh, pit bull puppy, about a year oh, old. Oh wow! How old is he? About a year. Oh, weighs about delightful. 100 pounds. Crushes me when I'm sleeping. 100 pounds of love. Yeah. That's what he is. Yeah, and silliness. And silliness. And I love that. Yeah, I too. love that. I love that. Um, so during this process, you know, with everything that you're saying, how many people do you think are actually getting the message. And do you think that more people are getting this message now than ever? I definitely think we're reaching a tipping point on this planet. I absolutely do. And sometimes even the people that seem the most shut down, the most hardened against the idea of love for all beings as one, surprise you with what they do and say, with the depths of generosity in their hearts. So I do think we're reaching a tipping point. I do think Earth will transition to the fourth and fifth dimensions on the path of light. And then as the consciousness shifts over the next 200 years, Earth will not be tolerable to people traveling the dark side. The vibration will be too painful for them and they will have to incarnate on darker planets that have chosen a different path or darker stars that have chosen have chosen a different route mm. but ultimately everyone comes back to the path of love and light do you think like like right now we are living through that tipping point i mean we had a killer virus for 2 years you know, now there's like the, they're, they're threatening World War Three and nuclear proliferation. I mean, I mean, in my lifetime, I mean, I'm 54. This is the most fear mongering I have ever seen. It's like they want to keep people terrorized and living in fear. And like, like now it's like, like they're getting desperate. Like, like they're pulling out all the cards. The dark side, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's true. And I think Putin is a tool of the dark side. He's a tool of the dark side. And he's into oppression and killing free speech, taking control over them, stealing Ukrainian children he's doing now, stealing them from their parents and abducting them and taking them to Russia, killing indiscriminately. I do. I agree with you between this pandemic and now this war where we have this new monster, Putin. I mean, then we also have Xi Jinping and Kim Jong-un and the Saudi creep who just massacred 81 of his own people. Um, we have dictators and then we have the Zelenskys of the world and the leaders of NATO who want, do not want World War III. They want peace. And they're doing everything they can to keep us from destroying our planet. Because it would destroy the planet if Putin gets too crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, he has a huge inferiority complex about the West. And he's gotten more and more paranoid during the pandemic. You know, jailing his own ministers of information now and his some of his generals. Blame, blame, blame. Whenever you see someone into blame, 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 the dark side is getting a hold of them or when you see them trying to take power over people and making excuses for their moves hmm. it is a, it is a meeting of freedom and oppression and the ukrainians are right now embodying the archetype of free will free will to decide how they want to live and they don't want to live with no free speech and no freedoms they're fighting. They're the forefront of this battle for freedom versus oppression. 
which is which is the light versus the dark. This is the whole battle, the light versus the dark. It happens on a micro level in each of us. We can choose to cheat and lie and and grab power, or we can choose to be honest and loving and connected. And then that's the micro level, the decision that each one of us makes and how we treat our fellow beings with deception and lies and betrayal or with honesty and love and connection. And then we see it on the global level with the oppressant, the oppressive consciousness of Putin, the paranoid uh, inferiority fears of Putin, and then the bravery. You know, Zelensky is embodying the archetype of the hero. He's embodying the archetype of the hero, freedom, and Putin is embodying the archetype of the oppressor. And that's just temporary. You know, they're a sliver of who they're, of their oversoul too. Eventually, even Putin will come to the light. Not in this lifetime, probably, but eventually. The same for Kim Jong-un and Xi Jinping. You know, other oppressors who oppress their people. But eventually everyone comes to the light. So it plays out inside you, inside me country-wide, globally, and in the whole universe, and in all the universes, all the multiverses that exist. It's a very amazing time to be on Earth right now. Incredibly amazing time to be here. Hmm. And you can put your focus down small on one life, or you can put your focus on global, or you can put your focus on all that is source and the universe. But it's a beautiful place if you want to put your focus on the big picture. Hmm. It helps the pain to pull back the focus. Yeah, it does. It makes it easier to forgive too, I think. Yeah, because, yeah, because that's just a sliver of that being who's hurt you. And they may, they just don't, know the truth yet they don't know enough about love yet but they will wake up and at some point in some galaxy in some lifetime seek your forgiveness i wonder those all the time like like what is the source up to like why getting experience knowing itself hmm I mean, that, yeah, that's the only explanation that honestly makes sense, to, at least to a, a, a human level of intellect. That it's it, yeah, it, because that's all that we can it, fake. It, it's it. like it's like 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 being a source. Like, oh crap, I exist. Now I got to figure out what I am, and have to go through every probability there is, and have that information returned so I can understand what it is. And then I wonder, yeah. like, what will happen once it understands? I then think it's, <laughs> there is no time. So there's no time. So it's all just the present. So mm-hmm. it's always in process. And that's why it makes no sense for, for any people to say, well, why did Source do this to me? Why does Source allow war? Source didn't do anything. Everyone has free will. We do it to ourselves. We have free will. Source gives us the gift of free will. Source doesn't create death, the death of children, cancer, war. No, source does not create that. Humans have free will. Not every planet has free will. Earth has free will. Hmm. (coughs) That's why it's such a magnificent opportunity. Yeah, it's weird, though. Very weird. It's weird to be a human. Only we usually don't think that or realize it because we think that's all we are. But we're so much more. That, that And that's true, too. You know, people who have had out-of-body experiences, near-death experiences, um, different type of spiritual contact or contact with beings from other dimensions or extraterrestrials those people recognize how strange being human is 
But people who don't have that experience don't yeah. recognize like how weird this actually is. Yeah. They just think it's a perfectly normal thing. Yeah. And, and it's not normal. It's... It's spectacular. <laughs> it's spectacular and unusual in in the whole universe to have this opportunity to materialize in in this kind of a body with this kind of senses. You know, because we have our external senses, sight, hearing, smell, touch, all that, but we have internal senses. And as you wake up more, you start to use your internal senses, your internal vision where you can journey through meditation and you start to see other worlds using your inner eye and your inner senses and your inner knowledge, because we're very identified with our external senses, what I see, what I, you know, but we have, we have inner senses too, which we, anyone can develop by putting attention, intuition. (coughs) We've all had intuitions. The phone rings, you know who it is. Um, do you believe that, um, anything is unreal? Like, like, say like dreams or daydreams or things that we imagine. Are those experiences just as real as this? Dreams are an even deeper and more real experience because our dreams are free of the distortion of our external senses. So they're seeing a truer reality a deeper reality. Same for daydreams. (coughs) You see more. Because when you're awake, your eyes and your senses control your perception. (coughs) But when you're sleeping or daydreaming, your eyes aren't controlling everything. So you're freer. Your consciousness is freer. (coughs) Do you remember your dreams? <coughs> Sorry, I have a tickle. That's okay. <laughs> I hope uh, I got it. Sometimes I do. Not not a lot. Uh, you know, um, sometimes I'll wake up and I'll remember them. Other times I don't. If it's like a really <coughs> bizarre dream that I've never had before, or like it's like really, or it seems like real, or it's like a lucid dreaming situation. <laughs> Like those yeah. I'll tend to remember. Um, normal every night dreams, not necessarily. Mm. You can you can practice so that you will remember them if you want. <laughs> yeah, I know like the whole thing about like keeping a journal and having to write them down or um, or or waking up and like waking up and then going back to sleep and then trying to wake up again. And then write it down, kind of techniques. Yeah. <coughs> Sorry. I have to get some water. Can this okay. be? Yeah, I is hit, this live? Oh, I can hit pause. Okay. I'll be right back. So yeah, we were just talking about the dreams and remembering dreams. Um and how dreams are probably a little bit more real than the experience that we have when we're awake. Um, one of the things I sometimes wonder is, like, do I need this body and this mind to be able to dream? Or will I still be dreaming without this body and mind? Yeah, you will be. Just like people with near-death experiences. They can be totally brain dead or totally in a deep coma, but they don't need their brain because your consciousness is not completely in your body. Your consciousness hangs out somewhere around your body a lot of the time. You know that expression, he was beside himself, she was beside herself, Mm -hmm. meaning not in the body, but the consciousness, they were so stressed that they weren't in touch with their essence or their soul or their spirit. It is, it is your greater essence that dreams and it doesn't need your physical brain or your body. Hmm. It's amazing, isn't it? 
Yeah. But we know that from NDEs. Yeah. A lot of people will say that too. Um, a a <laughs> guest that I have who use like psychedelics to have spiritual experiences will say a, sim a similar thing. That they don't need their conscious, their brain. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Well, you know, at the same time, though, when like like I like to use like binaural beats and stuff like that, where I'm kind of like messing around with my brain waves, and it gives me, you know, different experiences and different perspectives. Also, just like like you use meditation. Exactly, different brain waves alter your perception. Like healers, when healers are hooked up. They find that they're you, they're in the theta range. That most healers go into the theta range <clears throat> when they're healing. There are you know because it, whatever there is about that range, it connects them to something that enables them to be more helpful. Hmm. And that's but like, you know uh, there are, there are brain waves for the you know for like Indian gurus who buy locate you know i think there people have said that they're using gamma that they're you know that's the brainwave of miracles <clears throat> but we have all those brainwaves too and we can learn to control them or request different brainwaves yeah i wish i could reach the buy locate stage so i can be at home and at work at the same time. <laughs> you probably can if you work on it long enough. <laughs> I don't know if I have time to reach that level in this particular lifetime. but <laughs> well, I don't know. That would be kind of cool. You know, one of the other things that you said earlier that was really interesting was about, um, like, Tesla... And, and some of these other great geniuses and how they downloaded their information. You know, another one that I find fascinating, you know, which was, was in our time, was, is Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs would often, like every year, he would go like on a month retreat by himself to some place in the mountain. And he would read Autobiography <laughs> of a Yogi by Yogananda. And then he would come back with all these drawings of like iPads and stuff like that and just hand yeah. them over to his engineers and developers. He was downloading. It might have been Yogananda, who was, that's a great book, but he might have awesome been <laughs> con connecting with Yogananda, who might have been helping him, mm -hmm. giving him. It's wonderful. It, it is fascinating because. Yogananda, too, was also, um, when he was alive, took part in the uh, building of the Integratron, which was supposed to be like this healing machine, you know, and the immortality machine. It was supposed to change people's vibrational frequency to give them immortality, but it was just never completed. Or nobody knows how to use it. I don't know which one. Right. We do have immortality. Our body doesn't have immortality, but we... Our, our consciousness is immortal. We already have that gift. <clears throat> we have always been, we will always be. It's just the body that is a temporary thing. Do you think that, this is a, a weird question, but, you know, we, were, we spend, I spent a lot of time talking about, you know, source sort of trying to get its know itself and things like that do you think that that at some point each of us will reach a point where we become source and start creating our own setting out our own consciousnesses to create other living beings and I conscious so. entities to try to understand I do ourselves think, again i i do think we will i think there are different levels of participating in source and we are creators. We are already creators. We are already creating our reality. But yes, I think our oversoul will create more and more as we change our vibration. In this dimension, with this body, we can adjust our brain waves. But when we're not in this body, our consciousness keeps raising its vibration also. Hmm. 
to we can create more and more. I don't think there are limits. We are, you know, we are source. You are source now. You are a part of source in a human body. That's what you're aware of now. Interesting. Um, One of the other things that you talk about, and it's in your book too, is that these um, people come from training to earth, they start gaining certain types of superpowers or, or extra abilities. Uh, which is also something that's common in real life, too, is people go through this process and raising their vibrations, you know, suddenly they're able to more, um, you know, focus and manifest more things. Uh, they get, end up with the ability to heal, telepathy, psychic powers. Um, is, is that what you talk about in your book also? Right. The, these beings who are training on Venus have all these kinds of powers. For doubling and manifesting and changing their form uh, and te- telepathy among them or psychometry, all those superpowers. But they lose them when they incarnate as human. And then as they start to wake up and realize they are not simply human, but being human is just a part of who they are, their powers start to come back to them. <clears throat> that they had when they were fifth dimensional. And I think that is, you're right, that is true for us too. Our, we can develop our power of mental telepathy. We can develop our intuition. We can develop and develop all these internal. These are the internal ones, clairvoyance, clairaudience, telepathy. We Yes, we have hearing, we have seeing, but we also have clairaudience, clairvoyance. You know, seeing from the inside, hearing from the inside. We don't just hear and see from the outside. And all humans can develop clairaudience, clairvoyance, telepathy. And a lot of people experience all those different things at certain points in their life, but we sort of dismiss them as coincidence or... or Because we're focused on... Yeah, we're focused on external. We're focused on our house, our car, our kid, our bed, our dishes... Our hairdo. <laughs> I do need a haircut. Looks fine. It's kind of bushy. Mm. <laughs> Suits you. Thanks. Um, so, you know, is, is this just going to be a trilogy? Is there gonna, or are you going to write a fourth one? Uh, this particular one is a trilogy, but there are many more. I don't know them, but my guides tell me there are many more books coming because there's a lot more information that the formless realm wants downloaded and I'm a scribe. So they will, once I finish this trilogy, then I will be downloading whatever else they want me to scribe. Hmm. So I'm actually, I'm anxious to find out how this trilogy ends and what the source is actually up to. So (laughs) am I, so am I, because I have no idea. That's <laughs> it's true. I, I, and you know, during pandemic, there were some delays. There was interference in some of the downloads, and I know that there, you know, they don't. There are entities that don't want this information coming through. Hmm. But I'm, I'm excited too. <clears throat> That's really cool. Um, so before we wrap it up, I want to know. Uh, give my inform- my listeners uh, the best place to find you and find your books. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, Susan Plunkett, P-L-U-N-K-E-T, dot com. Susanplunkett.com um, is my website. Mm-hmm. Plunkett has one T. And the books are reviewed there. And you can get the books on Amazon. Um Yep, that's basically it, susanplunkett.com. Is there any release date yet for the last book? No, because I'm still downloading it. Okay. The publisher's asking me for that, too. Can you ask your guides to hurry up? Well, I said I did put in a request to finish it by December. But then the publisher usually, they take nine months to a year Mm -hmm. to put it out. But maybe they won't. I hope it gets out soon. Thanks. Awesome. 
Well, thanks for being on. It was a pleasure talking with you. Pleasure will, talking with you. And I will share the link to your website and to your books on Amazon in the notes of this episode. And Thank hang on you. one second while I just play the outro. Thank you.